0: Welcome to this second podcast uh, of The Four Speeches. Uh, today we'll look at the opening speech and the strategy of naming and the importance for the leader to be a sort of poet. Um, I'm Bjorn Nordheim, And I am Júal Haga. Júal, who do you think said the following words? I've fought against white domination and I've fought against black domination. I've carried the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunity. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve, but if needs be, it is an ideal for which I'm prepared to die."
1: Well, I would guess um, Nelson Mandela. Well, that's right. But uh, do you know when he said it? If I should guess uh, in one of his inauguration speeches in 1994.
0: Well, that's the interesting part. It was actually 30 years earlier in 1964 at his trial but um, later he repeated the same words, uh, the end of his 1964 speech in February 1990 when he had just been released from prison. So this was Mandela's first public speech in 27 years delivered at the parade in Cape Town.
1: I did not know, but it's impressive, isn't it? To stay true to the original vision uh, you outlined in that manner.
0: Well, talking about um, the importance of vision, some people would say that uh, there's an, uh, I mean, everybody's got a vision these days. You have, if you're just a small city somewhere in an isolated part of Norway, have this a vision or a, everyone should have a vision. And uh, I just read a book by um, Otto Schamer and Catherine Kaufer um, and leading from the Emergent future. And they said that one of the three myths of le- leadership is the need for creating and uh, communicating a vision. So they said that rather than, Creating and communicating a vision, the leader should be listening. We need a listening leader. That's what we need in what they describe as uh, the four zero or the ecological era of leadership. So, what but, do you have
1: to say to that? But listening is important, isn't it? Oh, I mean, of course, I, mean, you I mean, to, if you if you're only talking about visions and something you've you've uh, made up a, in in some um, night hours or during your poetic uh, hours of the day. I mean, shouldn't you try to listen to what people have to say about how things really are? Of course, I think, uh, I mean, I know of leaders who've
0: said that when they enter into office, they would say, well, the first 100 days of my uh, career as a leader, I I would be doing nothing but listening. But in some sense, I have this feeling that this is a bit confusing for those listening. Uh, actually, listening to the leader. So, uh, yeah, so, so what's so the problem here with just saying that I'm, I'll be a
1: listening leader? At some point, you have to say something else than that. So, what you what you're pointing at is that listening is uh, necessary at some, but at some point, you have to um, transfer or, or to to interpret that listening into a to a speech that you have to say something. How you have at some point you have to put yourself forward and and say that
0: uh, this is my, uh, or you have to n- name something. That's the word we're using to, you have to say something that people have to relate to and say that, hey, do I believe this guy? Do I think
1: that he or she is has something compelling, incredible to say? Well, it, that that fits very well into our project, doesn't it? Uh, that a leader is also leading by speaking, that he he needs to say something in order to be, a credible leader.
0: He or she does. And I I think this is particularly interesting when you look at leaders who are given or take leadership in times of um, conflict or uh, insecurity, which is usually the most uh, interesting. Then you can't just say that when there's a crisis ahead that we'll spend 100 days listening and the next uh, speech we'll listen to, then it's a big point that in, in 99 days or in 100, it's too late because then Britain will... It's 31st of October. So we'll just soon listen to Boris Johnson's uh, first speech as, as prime minister. And uh, whatever you think of Boris Johnson, it's an interesting example of how a leader addresses this uh, situation of, uh, what do I say at this point? Uh, how do I describe reality? So let's just listen to uh, when Boris Johnson, I mean, he's pa- he pays the usual courtesy of thanking his predecessor. But then, uh, right after that, listen to what he says. This is uh, his speech from uh, July uh, 2019.
2: But in spite of all her efforts, it has become clear that there are pessimists at home and abroad who think, after three years of indecision, that this country has become a prisoner to the old arguments of 2016. And in this home of democracy, we are incapable of honouring a democratic man. So,
0: why does he start in this way?
1: Uh, it seems rather aggressive, I would, I would think. Yeah, well, the, uh, the really appealing um, aspect of this speech, for uh, seen from a rhetorical pr- uh, perspective, or seen from a leading perspective, is to... Uh, to see how he, he doesn't come up with uh, solutions. Uh, he doesn't speak about his visions or, or he doesn't name anything he wants to do. He just, uh, uh, he, he sort of sums up what the critics uh, have said. And so he he sort of portrays the dark skies of a prophecy that the, his, um, and, and the party's critics have said, and whether they are, they have, uh, th- 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 there's a truth in it is, is not so important, but this is the, um, the way he, he names them, um, or he names the critique indecision, uh, uh the, the country has become a prisoner, he says, and that we are incapable of honouring the no to uh, Europe uh, given in 2016. So so in some sense appeals to some of the things
0: that um, Britain would boost about, that we're an old democracy and all of that, and if we're Britain then we, that's sort of the underlying thing here. So uh, if you want to stay true to Britain, we we need to do this and that, or uh, that's maybe an underlying story. I was thinking of what would be the peril if you were a business leader and you w- were, would be in a similar pos- uh, position? I mean, he's a political leader. He's taken over a country where he describes it indecision for three years. There's been forth and back. And let's say if you were a business leader, take, taking over a company where there's been um, a lot of insecurity strategies here and there. Um, what would it look like if a, a business leader taking over what should he she do if she she would deliver an opening speech in a in a company you take
1: over yeah well let's compare it to, for for example to um, um, a decision that has been forced upon a company to leave uh, for example like the merge w- between um, a car uh, maker like Renault and Nissan. So let's say the people in France just, uh, um, they have uh, decided to, to leave this uh, cooperation. And then the, uh, the critics would have said, this is going to be far costlier uh, than uh, we, thought, yeah. we thought. And, and, you, and, and, and then uh, when you take over such a company in the position of leaving a, um, a strategic um, uh, alliance, then you have to 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 understand to address the fears, or you can you can you can um, you can leave it out. You can just say, "Well, I have a vision, so and so." But but, but, but is it th- a point that he sounds a bit like,
0: um, not necessarily a war general, but 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 by taking the challenge right ahead, uh, there's a signal of. Of courage,
1: sort of. Yeah. Yes, he's he's a brave leader, isn't he? Yeah. But 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 uh, but just uh, listen to uh, what he says about being a prisoner, being incapable. Uh, that that this country is is in a state of indecision. It's something that can be fixed. Yeah. So it's not a. He's, he doesn't portray the the. Um, the, the the most depressing uh, critical uh, uh, comments. He is more uh, addressing a critique that can be met. It's similar to what um, Sir Winston Churchill made uh, the, the comments he made in Parliament, namely that this is going to be very costly, but we can win it. Yeah. So there's the suffering
0: ahead might be worth it in some way. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, when we describe this as a strategy of naming, we speak of first in, the, the, the first point in naming is naming yourself. And uh, obviously in um, inauguration speak or a speech or opening speech like this, uh, a prime minister or a president like Obama, uh, they wouldn't need to name themselves because they're named uh, by being put where they are. So, but sometimes if you're a new leader to a company, you'd have to say a few words about yourself or in some point, uh, put yourself out there or make a name for yourself. If you're too eager doing that, we'll come back to that. That may be a real disaster. But uh, the next mode or step in in naming is what uh, uh, Boris Johnson does here. He he tries to name reality and he tries to name it as indecision, not staying true
1: to what britain is about or all of that so uh yeah. yes he, he is by by referring to the critics uh, and the critics um uh, 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 well, well the critique of 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 the the policy of the tory party he is actually um capable of of uh giving the the listeners uh, a credible view or or credible idea of what reality is this is where we are now and and he's he's not he's not sort of uh speaking sweet about what the opportunities are first he he is he is giving this uh insistence that we are in a dire situation so so in a
0: sense he's he's a poet when you name reality you have to uh, the leader has to be a poet Uh, that doesn't mean writing poems necessarily but he has to uh, come up with words and say this in a manner. And this stage, he, he chooses a strategy of being the courageous poet in some sense. And, and we'll soon listen to what his next step is, because he starts with the critique. And the second step is, uh, is a slightly change of mode. And we'll listen to that. And it's really interesting, because the next thing he says is the following.
2: And so I am standing before you today to tell you, the British people, that those critics are wrong. The doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong again. Come on. And
0: so I'm standing before you today. I mean, like, see my
1: God here. Well, yeah, What well, well, what he says is actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something different. So he, he is going to refute that so, so, the so, claims.
0: So that I'm standing here t- before you today is a sort of a signal that, listen up, something new is coming. Uh, there's a new day dawning. He could have said, "Good morning, guys. Uh, yes. I'm here with uh, great news about uh,
1: the break of a new era." Yes, he could say, "Let the day begin." Yeah, and the morning uh, has broken. Morning <laughs> has broken. The, the this <laughs> idea of of um, actually, he's 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 the cho- of chosen the new. Yeah. Well, well, he's chosen as a as a new prime minister, but in fact, he's he's just continuing the Tory policies. In, um, but in a slightly uh, different manner. And he is, he is framing this as um, in light of the response of this country to all the turmoil it has been through, through history. So when he says the doubts that the dooms that the glooms that are going to, to be wrong, he's actually tapping into this story's uh, th- this uh, country's great history. So he's, he's, he's um, envisioning a very powerful future and 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 a, and, a, and a a history to meet that future do you think um the sort of
0: the national or the the mythos of, of britain uh, of it's an island uh, it's uh, sort of an outsider mythos i mean we're not from britain but it, you're sort of tapping into that by we're going to stand against the rest of the world sort of thing
1: exactly and and they have this uh, the uh, um, you don't have to be post-colonial to see that the Empire strikes back here yeah and the and and he's actually crafting that image of Britain as a, a sort of a, a, an accept, uh, exception to the rule, namely that this country can stand for it. For it on its own on its own feet and it can f- sort of fight the world um, and uh, because
0: of its great history so exactly it,
1: yeah and 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 he's tapping into this this um, uh, story of being the oldest democracy we will perhaps hear that uh, later in in his speech and it's a very powerful metaphor uh,
0: once again if you if you were a business leader and um, you you do not have the sort of all the uh, the power of uh, being uh, the office of, uh, of either the president or the prime minister. Uh, how should you signal this new thing? You could, uh, if you have sort of the, the new leader of a mediocre firm of some size, um, what do I know? And if you say, and so I stand here before you today, guys, uh, there's there's a danger, here, not it? To, yes. uh, you have to sort of find the fine tune uh, tempered uh, use of words uh, depending on what sort of firm you're leading.
1: Anything you exactly? And and the the um and and what you what you're referring to is that the the, the pompous um the extravagance of of uh, of uh, of tapping into too great metaphors yeah. would it wouldn't make the argument. Credible, and that's the problem of of you, you have to find the the right sort of um, the 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 right level level of metaphors, and metaphors. also find the.
0: So we see, for instance, that in um, typical political speeches, um, very often prime ministers and presidents would use landscape metaphors because they're 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 huge. They're, they have a great potential. They're it's the soil. It's the it's the big thing. So. If you're a new school director, or if you're uh, uh, leading up a new, uh, what do I sort of uh, smaller firm, you have to find fitable uh, metaphors if you want to, uh, and not appear maybe too biblical. As, as this reference is actually a biblical reference, and so I'm standing here before you today. It's like Moses, isn't it? Uh, yes. So, yes. So, so, so Boris Johnson can do that because he's the Prime Minister of of Britain, of Great Britain, of Great Britain, indeed. <laughs> but.
1: Uh, that, that's different so yeah well and and the uh and if you if you look uh into his um his framing of democracy it's about the united kingdom so the uh, this is not uh uh for, for for other historians uh the the fusion of democracy and kingdoms would just appear not credible but this is what happened in britain namely that under the auspices of the uh, of the sovereigns of the sovereign uh, leaders democracy as we know it uh, appeared and it was then um, exported to the rest of the world so he has some credibility in what he's he's saying yeah and maybe that uh, to find the true greatness
0: of the thing you're going to lead and that might be looking at a small thing and saying that, hey, we might be, uh, uh, we know that um, what comes to mind now is the, is, is the press conference in, uh, in the film uh, on uh, Love Actually, where the uh, Hugh Grant plays the British Prime Minister, and we might be a small country, but we have David Beckham's uh, whatever it is it, right foot and left foot, and, and then he brags about the small things. And it's sort of this ironic uh, thing, but I think for for a leader to find these things that people would nod and say yes, this is what makes us great. And think that's uh, it, for some people it might be surprising things, but that's the poetic element of naming reality and say saying the leader is able to find say yes, here's a thing that really makes this entity this thing great and make, yes. makes it stand out.
1: Yes, and 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 you 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 are uh, actually. Um uh pointing to a, a very important ingredient in this uh source of of uh uh rhetorical leadership and that's the the, the pride where where is the pride of this company where's the pride of this country uh where is the pride of our tradition and I think it's
0: and tradition for- means the things you're gonna hand over, isn't it? So so yes what are the it's things that the legacy that's worth what makes this thing Worth being and worth getting, passing on to someone else, isn't it?
1: Yes, and the the the, the great thing about the the uh, democracy tradition which um, Boris Johnson represents is a, a specific understanding of freedom, and this freedom is a recurring uh, theme, not just in in Britain but also in the all the political speeches in the United States, which. Um, in a way, is the export yeah, article the, the, yeah, the of beacon of freedom? Critique. You would
0: you would often hear like yes. uh, as he used. To, uh, so, um, the first part is then the uh, the critique uh, where uh, Boris Johnson um, shows his... or wants to appear as the courageous, brave leader when he tackles the challenges and the critique of the predecessor head on. And then the second part, which you just heard, is the more uh, the sort of the refutation where he yes. sort of says that. And I'm standing standing here before you today, and the the doubters, the doomsters, the the gloomsters, they're all going to get it wrong. And now let's listen to the more sort of um, uh, constructive part where he's uh, naming a new future and naming uh, the, the way ahead, making new claims and a poetic attempt to name the new reality.
2: The people who bet against Britain are going to lose their shirts because we're going to restore trust in our democracy. And we're going to fulfil the repeated promises of Parliament to the people and come out of the EU on October the 31st, no ifs or buts. And we will do a new deal, a better deal, that will maximise the opportunities of Brexit while allowing us to develop a new and exciting partnership with the rest of Europe, based on free trade and mutual support.
0: So um,
1: I mean, even Roosevelt has uh, he reversed, I mean, with the new deal here,
0: it's, it's pretty ambitious.
1: Yes, he's he's um, he he handles the the metaphors with great care because what is at stake here is, of course, uh, 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 Great Britain's uh, relation to the most important political um, institution uh, in post-war. Uh, Europe, namely the European Union. So when he's leaving, he has to sort of envision a different uh, uh, future that is credible, seen uh, on the background of, of the uh, critique he has just mentioned and his refutation of that critique. So now here comes uh, the, the new future. And I think the key word here is opportunity. Yeah. And he, he wants to maximize what- the opportunities yes and whether that is credible is uh, of course um hard to say but that is his his um his metaphor is closely connected to that um idea of opportunity and in in the following speed in in the following um, uh, arguments that he 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 gives in his speech he he just uh, exposes what it means to have these new opportunities uh, in uh, uh, the new relationship with Europe, and you'd see,
0: um, well, in, in my mind, the the latter part of what we uh, we just heard, he's, he wants to maximise the opportunities of Brexit, and now comes this turn to the hundred days. I said that the, the leader would say that for a hundred days I would listen. He does the quite the opposite. He he now. Uh, appeals to the sort of character of Britain in a way. We're not someone who will wait for 100 days. Let's hear this.
2: I have every confidence that in 99 days time, we will have cracked it. But you know what? We aren't gonna wait 99 days because the British people have had enough of waiting.
0: So, um, in my mind, this is an appeal to, if you're from Great Britain, you're not someone who would wait another 99 days. We're better than that, and it, and it might be seen as the third step, the third mode of naming, naming who we are. So, so, so saying that those I'm addressing now, the audience, you, the British people, you're someone, you're tired of waiting.
1: Yeah, they, it is often referred to as populism. This appeal to, well, we've had enough. We've we've waited long enough. But uh, the, the flip side of that um, argument is that uh, in, in a democracy where the markets sort of function on their own, then you can actually appeal to people and say, well, do your best and, and, and the, the, the result of it will be sort of uh, the best for everyone. So in a way... Um, his his argument is tightly connected to the to this um, old commitment to democracy as a force within uh, the political life itself. He is not a Vladimir Putin who, who 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 will then envision a particular future for the people. He's not an authoritarian leader, or at least he want he doesn't want to be appear as appear as one. Yeah, yeah, and he wants to to be seen as just. Um, making it possible. The, the the word opportunity is of course a, a word that has been very very uh, well used in American politics, and it's one of the great successes of, of this concept that you've uh, th- that the the, um, the uh, political authorities they are just trying to to uh, envision a, a future where the people can decide for themselves. So I think this is, this is some of the, 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 the engines in his, um, in his uh, speech. So basically, I think what he's doing
0: is he's creating a bond uh, between himself and the audience in these first three steps of naming. As we spoke about the first step, naming yourself, is he doesn't spend time on that because it's obvious who he, who he is, but at, at the same time, he has to appear to them as the new prime minister, as the one who's taking the lead. Then uh, the second mode, naming reality, is where he's trying to convincingly name reality in a poetic manner and saying that, hey, well, this is how it is. Or at least uh, I put this forward to you and you have to listen to me. And then it's this third step of saying, hey, this is who we are. And you would see that in all inauguration speeches by presidents. And I think for, even for a business leader who's taking over a company, He or she would also have to do this sort of creating this bond in in the beginning of uh, between himself or herself and the audience.
1: Yes, and often the um, uh, the way or our judgment of whether a a speech is um, credible, if it's successful or not, is the the way that these metaphors are uh, and or developed into um. To tightening this bond between the speaker and the audience, so uh, whether it it is pl- sort of plausible an ethos,
0: pathos element connecting, yeah,
1: yes. So whether it's plausible that the, um, the, the 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 listeners, the 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 people of Britain, will actually uh, follow this man, follow this man, and, and and follow and say, well, yes, through Boris Johnson, I think we will have. Um, larger opportunities that Maxim- will maximized opportunity they are is <laughs> actually giving us a new deal yeah yeah
0: and um so so for the leader to remember then first naming yourself naming reality and then naming who we are having done that it's interesting that the next step in his speech is sort of uh, sort of picking up on what he does when he does the refutation and so i'm standing here before you today and then comes another point where he, again, signals this new thing. Listen up.
2: The time has come to act, to take decisions, to give strong leadership and to change this country for the better. So this is sort of saying now is the time. Now, this this is a filled moment. It's happening now.
1: Yeah, and we, we, we will have to to uh, understand the decision element here. uh on the background of of his predecessor, and uh, who who made um, very uh, sincere and strong uh, attempts to Theresa May, yeah, Theresa May. Yes, she she tried actually to to decide and to to make decisions, but they were again and again um, refuted refuted then. in the parliament, and so he says, well, this is the opportunity to do the. Opposite, namely to to Act. make to make decisions that would actually stand. Yeah. So and take action in a in a yeah. more uh, qualitative sense. So,
0: um, but this signals a new mode. We're not going to listen to uh, what comes next. But here he starts describing lots of things that uh, my job is to make your street safer. Uh, make sure you don't have to wait three weeks to see your GP and uh, protect your you and your parents from the fear of having to sell your home. And so, so he lists up a lot of things that will be sort of his program. And that sort of uh, signals a new mode in in an opening speech. So we've had these three, first three modes of naming yourself, naming reality, and then naming who we are. But now there's sort of we're at the heart of the purpose of what people usually expect from the an opening speech naming a course, naming a course of action, direction. So, what is really the purpose of the opening speech?
1: Now, the um, the opening speech could be um, seen as um, as a, an attempt or or, um, or a situation where the leader tries or aims to persuade the audience that this future. This future that I'm now telling you, this is something you want to fight for and give your best to. Something that is even worth suffering for.
0: Yeah, and and then you need um, a grand narrative at some point, don't you? So something that's uh, and as we just uh, we've talked about this earlier, depending on what sort of entity, what what's the thing? The is it Britain? Is it a small printing company? Is it a new? media center? Is it a school? Uh, You have to find fitting metaphors for uh, the thing you're leading.
1: Exactly. And and, uh, although some people, for example, Barack Obama uh, taps into his personal biography, Mm. telling his story, it is not sufficient, because you have to expand and say something with the story that you're telling that says something about the future it's not enough giving uh, some glimpse about your own um story you have to direct your whole narrative into the to the future because these uh what you want to create is a story that is large enough to give hope and direction for um the people you are leading the nation the company um, the club or whatever, yeah, yeah whether it's the football club or whatever. So you have to,
0: in some part, you have to name what we call the legacy of this um, club, nation, or whatever, and and point out why that legacy
1: is worth your passion, your suffering, exactly, uh, your dedication. The the legacy itself is also unstable. It has to be uh, interpreted, it, and you. It's up for negotiation a way yes yeah. because you cannot just repeat what they have said before. No. you have to, to to know it, to know what you're there for and and interpret that in light of the new situation. Yeah So uh,
0: in so, some sense it's like Jesus's words of saying you've heard it been said, but I'm t- s- saying t- uh, to you today. So in some sense you're you have to refer to the tradition
1: but uh, but you also have to bring in something new isn't right? Yes, and you have to adapt to to the actual circumstance. And and what what Boris Johnson is saying is that this is a a time uh, where we have a, a limit ahead of us. So now it's time time to take decisions. And this is this is uh, the, the the way that he's doing this is to refer to the great tradition. But it's a part of the democratic tradition. It's not the part that. Um, uh, sometimes the democracy from Athens is referred to, namely as a club of endless discussions. Yeah, the the, the time has now come to, to 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 do something, to to take action. Yeah, and I think that if you look at the the whole of Boris Johnson's speech and
0: also many other opening speeches or inauguration speeches, you'll see that uh, it's very important if to do these first three steps of naming, naming yourself, naming reality and naming who we are, but also then to weave these things into the the main part of the speech, naming the course, which is both naming the large course, but also small things. He speaks about the welfare of animals, he speaks about many minor, uh, excuse, uh, but what appears to be minor things. But then at the end of the speech, he picks up again and he says, as we prepare for a post-Brexit future, it is time we look not at the risks, but at the opportunities. That are upon us. So, so then it's sort of connecting the beginning
1: of the speech with the end of the speech. Yes, because the risks that they are implied in the in in the in the in In reference to an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. The the critique is um, that we run uh, the stakes are high. We might lose in this game. In this. um, uh, world uh, uh, championship of of com- competing nations, but what what uh, Johnson is uh, uh, trying to convey is that victory is at hand, and that it it is uh, possible for the the people as a whole to win. It is it is, yeah. it is so to speak... Um, yeah, victory is uh, achievable.
0: So, it, so, so so exactly uh, yeah, and uh, he ends also by putting himself on the stand and saying, I will suffer for this. His last words are, we in this government will work flat out to give this country the leadership it deserves, and that work begins now. I mean, Pompeius again, thank you very much, he says. Uh, but again, it, it, it it's an attempt to connect with this idea of we're in a, in a critical situation. I appeal to all of you to join in, to be dedicated to suffer for this cause of being true to britain and i
1: will and this government will give their very best and if yeah, i think it's 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 very it's very important what you say about suffering at this point yeah. because you actually you are the the, the cost of of breaking with the eu might be less if the the goal the, the final goal is a better society and then you might be able to 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 actually sacrifice a few things sacrifice yes and yeah. and 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 be able to suffer for it and fight
0: for it mm. and that's even i would imagine true for a, a company or an ngo or an organization if you're uh, in an, in a, entering into a new era or if there's a challenge of transition uh, a crisis uh, for the leader then to say that to address heads on this is the reality I'm named, try to name this in a credible and compelling manner. And then it's sort of it unleashes an poetic energy for the leader also to name the course, if he's, if he's named the reality in a way that uh, the listeners would say, Hey, well, this is compelling. Uh, and this is also you also pointed compellingly to what's the great things in the legacy, then you can more easily
1: lay out your, your course. Exactly, and the and the um, the important thing is to connect then to the to the actually felt um, uh, situ- the diet to, to to give a a, a, a precise and credible uh, description of the dire situation uh, that you're in. For example, for a for a, a company, it might be the economy that the the, it's the economy stupid, as he has said. Yeah, the, the the economy might be uh, very very um, uh, difficult. You, you can, uh, but but the uh, the idea or, or the point of a leader giving a, his opening speech is that she or he has to. Tackle these uh, challenges in such a way that all, although it might cost, it might be hard, it might uh, imply uh, sacrifices and sacrifices. The, uh, a bright new future will appear at some stage, if and and then uh, the, the crucial element is whether the you can find something in the legacy that is actually explaining. Can activate and activate or can sort yes. of
0: um, bring up this energy that you need for your dedication and suffering. So before we wrap up this uh, podcast on uh, the opening speech, I mean, next podcast will be about the uh, execution speech, uh, which uh, is... Uh, it's a terrible speech. <laughs> well, you really need to uh, name things in the right manner, but we'll save that for that podcast. Is there anything uh, else we want to add uh, on uh, the importance of the, the, the opening speech? Uh,
1: I think the, uh, the the opening speech invites the leader to, to, uh, to um, use his most um, poetic and... Most uh, precise um, literary um, resources, in order to to craft a credible uh, naming structure, both of who who you are as a leader, um, what the situation is, and where we are going, and and why. And this is, if it if it can be not pompous, it it doesn't have to be Boris Johnson, but but the, the the way that this metaphor these metaphors are are grafted if they are grafted well and and if they're crafted in a in a sense of of um, a powerful uh, speech then they can be repeated and that is what what's so great about the the opening yeah, speech yeah you need, because the opening speech is something well you give it
0: once but you keep repeating it because whether it's a lunch meeting or it's the yearly meeting with stakeholders whoever you sort of have to repeat your original vision, maybe in a slightly revised manner, but you have to uh, convince them that this is what we committed to at the starting point, And this is what we are continuing to commit uh, ourselves to. And, uh, and then uh, I was thinking of, of body language. I mean, uh, different speeches require different uh, modes of your register of body language. I mean, you have to own this and embody it yourself, obviously, but um, I can feel as I'm saying this, I'm sitting up trying to be sort of more an opening speech uh, manner myself. And don't you think that that's an important factor in the, uh, the opening speech to find that sort of mode of both body language, well tempered metaphors, which, which fits the um, the leadership you're entering into and also the legacy you're
1: tapping into? Yes, but the, the I think one of the great things about if you have a if you have Metaphors that you really believe in. Yeah, it'll change your body you, you, will, you will change your body. Yeah, you, you will you, you stand will, up you straight. You stand up and you will say, this is what we are.
0: So that's a way well, to okay. test. If it's a really good metaphor, it'll make you stand up.
1: Yes. It'll make you... Yeah. It will make you brave and courageous.
0: Yeah, so test whether... And they... it
1: will appear so. Well, So
0: if you... For most if, if it makes you look down in your iPad, for God's sake! And I'm looking into the camera now. Never use an iPad when you do <laughs> uh, when you deliver a speech. So, uh, so if it makes you really proud and you think, "Well, I'm going to fight for this," then it's that's probably a good test. Don't you think?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Well, to sum it up, um, a few things about uh, the opening speech. First of all, you need to name yourself. You need to tell the audience who you are. Uh, and then it's key as the second mode to. Tell the audience what time it is, sort of. Uh, the time is now, but you do that, but by, by naming reality in a credible way. And then the third mode of naming is telling the audience who we are, appealing to the legacy, whether that's a small legacy, but you can uh, point to the greatness in the in the small things. And then you use that to draw out a compelling vision that's worth suffering for a legacy. And maybe you need to find your metaphor, the metaphor that makes your body stand up and that makes you pride and proud and courageous. And finally, we didn't talk much about that. But it could be a good idea to uh, make people remember your last words, Uh, say something in the in the end that people would in the opening. Well, I think I don't remember all of it. But I remember the beginning and the end, don't you think? Yes. For example, uh, flat out, I think that that's sort of uh, low style in a sense, but people remember that when Boris Johnson said that. Yes. Or Maximize opportunity, Ma- maximize opportunities. And then finally, then um, the idea of uh, the opening speech, in some sense, it never ends. You constantly repeat your opening speech, whether it's over the water uh, dispenser uh, in, in a conversation, or whether it's a lunch meeting, you have to stay true to the opening speech you outline, it has to be something that you're worth following up day by day. So um, thank you so much for uh, listening in. This uh, was uh, the podcast about the opening speech and the next one will be about the execution speech. Thanks for now.